0: This is message four of a special conference given in Spokane, Washington by Brother Ricky Acosta. Today is the Lord's Day, February 4th, 2018. The subject of today's message will be on fellowship. This is message four of a special conference held in Spokane, Washington given by Brother Ricky Acosta. Today is the Lord's Day, February 4th, 2018. The title of today's message is The Practice of Fellowship with God, How to Enjoy God in Prayer.
1: As you can see by the outline that I uh, expect all of us have in our hand, we're turning our attention this morning to the matter of the practice, the practice of our personal fellowship with the Lord, and we do hope. And it's, it's my desire, my intention to do as best I can to release some burden that could um, hopefully uh, add to the quality of our times with the Lord. We, we should be concerned with the quantity as well. But that's not my burden this morning. I want to talk about the quality of the time that we do spend, whether that's two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. I don't know how long you spend, but whatever time you spend, I hope the quality can improve. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. But actually, <clears throat> this morning, uh, as I was uh, before the Lord, I had some feeling that I wanted to still say something to all the young people. Uh, yesterday morning, I had the privilege and the opportunity to have a fellowship with uh, with the young people. Uh, you're sitting all around and in the back, and I see all all the familiar faces. Where's Camille? Where's Camille? Oh, Camille's over there. Hi, Camille. I see Adeline over there. Let's see. Let's see. Emma. Where's Emma? Oh, Emma's here. Emma's there. Emma. Abby. Is it Abby? Was it Abby? She's not here. Oh, okay. And Sanda? Oh, yes. We can't forget Sanda. But is Sanda here? Where's Sanda? Sanda, hi, Sanda. Hi. Hi. I'm looking forward to your sharing later. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And I did see Samuel last night. I saw Samuel last night. I was surprised to see him here last night. I didn't see Biru. Is Biru here? Biru, he's downstairs. Downstairs. And Benjamin. Benjamin's downstairs. Okay. Where? Ben, where are you, Ben? Where is he? Oh, this. Hey, Ben. Yeah, he was here last night too. He was here. So, anyway, um, I, I had I had some feeling I'd like to I'd like to complete my speaking to you, hopefully just within ten minutes, because I want to really devote uh, the adequate time to our burden this morning for everyone in general. Yesterday, uh, in the course of that fellowship, which was really a kind of long testimony. Uh, I did mention uh, something concerning uh, the matter of the Lord's suffering and uh, our appreciation to have an, uh, that, that the need to have an appreciation constantly renewed of what the Lord did for us. And uh, let me let me say this to maybe all the saints in general. Um, you know, the aged Apostle uh, John. Uh, after all he suffered, and, uh, he was alone. He was the last one of all the brothers surviving, uh, in exile on the island of Patmos. And he testifies to us in the first chapter of the Revelation. And, and he makes, he makes, uh, he makes this statement which Uh, I know, I know you have read and maybe appreciated, but maybe I would say I wonder how much we've appreciated. And, and he says, he says this. Uh, he just, you know, he received the revelation, now he's conveying the revelation. And he says, John, to seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has redeemed us from our sins by his blood. And so he adds, he adds this. And I would say, if you remove the last half of this verse, verse five, Does it detract at all from the meaning, from the sense, from the significance of the letter? I think not. But I do feel that as John was conveying this revelation, this was always in his heart. And so it came out to Jesus Christ, to Jesus Christ, the, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. And this is actually the Christ you see in Revelation. But it's almost like you can't help but say to him who loves us and has released us from our sins by his blood. So it's that John could never forget. John could never forget. And then in the final chapter, almost the final writing when there's the revelation of the holy city what's there in chapter 22 Firstly the first thing in the middle in the top on the top is a throne Amen. but who's on the throne? it's God and the lamb God and the lamb so it seems like, This implies we will have an eternal appreciation that he is the lamb. And we will never forget through all the days of eternity. I don't think you can say days of eternity because in eternity there are no days. But anyway, we talk that way. We will always have an appreciation. Yes, Lord. I'm only here because you were the lamb. So the appreciation of the blood will always be there with us. And the bridge you could say between the Lord's first coming and his second coming is actually the Lord's table. You know, in the Lord's table so much is implied. It's incredible. And I'm not giving a message on the Lord's table. I have to exercise not to because you start to talk about it there's too much these two little symbols these two simple things they mean a lot they mean some all of god's economy is implied in those two symbols who could think of such a thing has to be the divine mind to to conceive such simplicity with such significance and there in the cup is the fruit of the vine, which we partook of just a few moments ago. Fruit of the vine. Always pointing to the blood. It was prayed. It was prayed as part of our corporate prayer. Your blood in separation. It was in one of the hymns. Bread and wine in separation. They show the body and the blood were separated, implying death. Implying death. And yes, I think one of the brothers praying over the elements this morning prayed, yes, this table implies your death, but also implies your life. Yes. But I don't want to go so fast. i like to dwell here on the death for just a few more minutes. And so yesterday we mentioned to the young people that we have this hymn. I already know I'm going to go over the ten minutes. Yeah, I know that already. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so We have hymn 300 in our hymn book. Arise, my soul, arise. You know that song? Arise, my soul, arise. Don't sing it. (laughs) Verse 3 says, Five bleeding wounds he bears Received on Calvary They pour effectual prayers They strongly speak for me Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Nor let that ransom sinner die. Isn't that beautiful? I don't mean my singing. I mean the words. The words are really beautiful. Five bleeding wounds received on Calvary. But we ask the young people to consider. Were there only five wounds? Yes, on Calvary, only five wounds were added. But for the hours before, from the night before, wounds upon wounds upon wounds on his back, in his head, wounds. He bled for us. He bled from many places. So he had, there was a crown. How many wounds? You, you can't say. You don't know. We don't know. So it was more than five. More than five. But that was from Gethsemane to Calvary. From Gethsemane... To Calvary, he suffered for us, and all that is implied here. As the four brothers were here, just in this act, when they did when they did this, that's that, that's implied. Uh, that implies everything. But what what I'd like to, or I'd like to briefly mention to the young people, because I you probably know some of this, but I don't know if you know this detail. I'd like to talk to you briefly about the last six hours and the last seven words. The last six hours and the last seven words. Because the Lord Jesus was on the cross. Maybe we'll we'll do it like this. The Lord was on the cross for six hours from nine in the morning until three in the afternoon. And there is a very clear, very clear difference between the first three hours and the last three hours. So, on the cross, the Lord said, it's recorded, seven things. Do you know these? Do you treasure these? His final seven words or phrases. I hope you would never forget I hope even you would study this. I hope you would, maybe the serving saints, go back with the young people and look over these. I'll tell you a few of the verses because it's in different places, but I'll just mention them. We won't take the time to actually read them because, again, we want to go to the main burden. <clears throat> Three things here in the morning. Three things. Three incredible things. And then four things here. Four. But actually, not here. For the greater part of the three hours, there was silence. Silence. Because of what was going on. And the atmosphere, right at 12, changed. Everything changed. Actually, the universe changed at 12 o'clock. And darkness came over the whole land, it says. Darkness came. We'll get to that in a moment. But then the Lord said four things. One almost back to back to back. Right at 3 o'clock. So here, the first thing we know. The first thing we know when he said it. The second and third, we don't know exactly. It was sometime in here. But the first thing he said here, I think you know that. As soon as they did the nails, you know, they tied, did the nails... Then they lift up the the cross, and again with not just he, there were three there being being executed at the same time, and so you know to lift up that cross takes a few people because you have the wood, the weight of the wood, plus the person, and then so there takes some ropes probably pulling and and they they lift up and then it's they have to make it steady and then he says, "Father." Forgive them. That's the first thing. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Who's them? Who's them? Father, forgive them. Who's them? Well, firstly, it's them. All those guys down there. The ones who put them on the cross. Lord, Father, forgive them. Can you imagine? They're crucifying him. they Forgive the guy that did this to me. Could you say that? <laughs> Could you say that? Forgive the guy that just stripped me and and just, you know, gambled for my tunic. Forgive Forgive him, too. Forgive all of them. But actually, of course, it means forgive all of them. Because like we mentioned to you yesterday, when the brothers are breaking the bread, in a sense... I'm glad you didn't do it today. In a sense, we all should come up here and say, can I do that too? Because I broke him too. It's impossible. But imagine all, I don't know how many of us here, 150? You know, all come up and we all. Because that we did. He did it for me. He did it for you. He did it for all of us. We all had part in that. So when he says, Father, forgive them, actually it's forgive them And forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness. There. Then, after some time, after some time, oh, let me give you the verse. That's Luke 23. uh, First, first. Mark uh, 15.25 says, 9 o'clock. Mark 15.25. Father, forgive them, is Luke 23.34. Luke 23.34. Then, maybe the next one was this one. He's there with the two uh, thieves, and 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 y- y- you know that you know that one of them gets saved, right? Did you know one of the thieves on the cross gets saved? Yeah. And and I think we have a kind of uh, impression: oh, good thief, bad thief. It was a good. was a good thief because he believed. But if you actually read the accounts of our folk all. Or Gospels, when they first put him up, both of the thieves were, like, mocking him. Both of them were mocking him. But then after a while, one of them, I don't think it tells us it was the one to the left or to the right. I'm not sure. I don't think it says. One of them, I guess, looking at Jesus and seeing maybe the next thing that happened, the third thing, and, and watching this I don't know why. He believed. So he told the other guy, shut up! You and I deserve what we're getting. This man hasn't done anything. They're having like a little meeting up there. And then he, she turns to Jesus, says, remember me in your kingdom. Your kingdom? Did he hear something about the kingdom before? remember me. And then Jesus says, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. So he saves us. So he's forgiving. He's saving. And then the people are walking. People are walking. And it says, It says, huh. they, they, they mocked him. They wagged their head at him. They, they wagged their head. Anybody ever wag their head at you? I imagine you, you see you, you come into the hall, I look at you and I, maybe I'm talking, I'm talking to, to my brother Jim, and I see I go. What's that?
0: What's that? Who
1: do, Who does he think he is? What did I do? It's a, you know, it's draws a. but they walked, they looked like this. And, you know, usually when we wag our head, we do something with our lips, kind of like. (laughs) Did you ever notice that? Yeah, we. Then I said, huh, he saved others. Can't save himself. Come down imagine they were talking to him come down we'll believe in you walk away and jesus is there maybe that's what convinced the thief he doesn't say anything he doesn't here he doesn't say anything you know i've i've wondered I, see we have a song that says himself he could not say it. He on the cross must die. He had, to, he had to stay on the cross to save us. But, you know, when I read that when I was a kid, I, I, I thought about this. I thought, oh, it would have been so cool if Jesus was on the cross. And then he just goes like this. He doesn't have to go like that. That's from the movies, sorry. It was like this. And then the nail just comes out Slowly. The three of them at the same time. And drops right at the feet of the guy who was wagging his head. And he'd like... And then Jesus would come down from the cross. Were you talking to me? Do you believe now? Like, I wish he could do something like that, but he couldn't do that. Because then he we couldn't be saved. But I just wish Jesus would get him. But he didn't do that. Because on the cross he was forgiving and saving. And then, this is a kind of shock. Like, I could understand that, because he's the Savior. But then, you know what he does? Oh, paradise. Luke 23, 43. 23, 43. That's... Then, in John 19, verses 26 and 7, his mom... His mom comes, Mary, and then his cousin, John. You know, John was his flesh cousin. That's John the Evangelist, the the, the writer of the Gospel and the and the uh, epistles and Revelation. In the flesh, they were cousins. And He says, "Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother." And and that was. That was because Jesus was the oldest of at least, what, seven children, of at least seven children. I understand there are many very good Catholics who don't know this point. Yeah. He was the oldest of at least seven children because it mentioned, it, it lists the names of four brothers. And, and then it says, it talks about his sisters in the plural, so it has to be at least two but could have been more. But in those three and a half years of his ministry, or well, no, sorry. Could be by the time he came out to minister, uh, uh, Joseph had passed away. We don't hear anything about Joseph. That is his, his earthly father. Who, a vessel who the Lord used to cooperate to care for Jesus. We don't hear anything about him. So the implication is he passed away before this. So Jesus is the oldest of seven children and he's leaving. So he's saying, Mom, I'm leaving now. I'm, going to, I'm on my way to accomplish eternal salvation and I'm going to be the spirit so things will be different. <laughs> so, Mom, uh, I want you to stay with John. John, please take care of Mom. That's what's implied in, woman, behold your son. So on the way to accomplish eternal salvation, he takes care of his mom. He has the time to do that. What a savior. What a God-man. So that's what happens here. And then everything changes here. And at 12 noon, and this is Matthew twenty-seven forty-five, At 12 noon... Everything becomes dark. And the reason is, this is the fulfillment of Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6, where it says that he took all our iniquities and he laid them on Jesus. He took all our iniquities and laid them on Jesus. So that means, every sin that we ever committed, and get this, Every sin we still will commit. All the sins you'll commit this week that you haven't committed yet were somehow put on Jesus on the cross. We can't understand that. But God the Father did that. He took all our sins. How many sins? How many sins? How many sins this week? You shouldn't go back and count. Just trying to make a point. But how many sins per day And some of us are into our fifties, sixties. How many sins? The blessed young ones, they have less sins. Less sins. But they may have a life of sins ahead of them. All those sins. And not just, uh, imagine we could accumulate all the sins of the people present here. But it's not just the people present here. It's globally. Was it seven billion? But not just now. It's all who have ever lived and all who will ever live before he comes. All those sins were put on Jesus. And at that time, Second Corinthians says, he was made sin on our behalf. So the father turned away for three hours. And after three hours, he couldn't take it. So he calls out, my God, for the sake of the audio, I won't say it the way he probably said it. My God, my God, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had never experienced separation from God the Father, ever. And he did for three hours. For us, so that we would not have to experience that for eternity. And you know, I somewhat believe that that prayer, Eloi, Eloi, Lama sabactani, will be repeated by every person in the lake of fire. There'll be a cry from that place. My God, my God, my God. And so he experienced for three hours so that we don't have to experience for eternity. This morning we sang, is it 227? Thine the cup of suffering, mine the cup of blessing. We, we traded. So he suffered for three. I take that so that I don't have to suffer For eternity, and so they 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 when he said we prayed Eloi Eloi, must sound close to Elijah's name. They thought, oh, he's calling for Elijah. Oh, and let's then then they come and put the vinegar. Oh, no, sorry. The next thing, I thirst. I thirst, and then they come with the vinegar, mocking. My God, my God. That's Matthew 27:46. Matthew 27:46. I thirst is John 19:28. I thirst. I think that also will be something repeated in the lake of fire. Just like what we see of the rich man in Luke 16 in Hades. During those 3 hours the Lord Jesus tasted the second death the judgment of God, the flames of the lake of fire. So he said, I thirst. So there's these two things, eternal separation from God and eternal judgment. That's the cup that the night before he was praying, Father, remove, if possible, remove this cup from me. But not as I will, but as you will it wasn't all the pain it wasn't the nails it wasn't the whipping that he was hoping to avoid it was the separation this is the cup summarized in these two sayings my god why have you forsaken me and i thirst then number 6 which you find in in luke 23:46 No, sorry, sorry, sorry. John 19.30. What did you find in John 19.30? The greatest declaration in the history of the universe.
0: It is finished!
1: Let's say it together, let's say it together. Ready, one, two, three, go.
0: It is finished!
1: Redemption is accomplished. The universe is changed. Even the new man was created there. That was number six. And then number seven. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that is Luke twenty-three, forty-six. Those are the seven things he said. I think it's worth our consideration, even our study. So I just leave that with you all. Amen. Now, our burden for this morning, which I think we can complete in adequate time. Rachel, are you ready? Where's Rachel? Oh, Annie, Annie, thanks. You're on standby, Annie. I will use you today. She was on standby yesterday, and then we we, we didn't do. Okay. Amen. Amen. Our burden this morning here is regarding the the practice of personal fellowship. Uh, A little background before we touch the outline, and I'll I'll let you know now, we will not complete this outline, and and our our intention is not, that's not the point of this meeting, to complete this outline. Uh, We will cover probably most of page one, and maybe two points on the back. But don't worry about that. this outline is actually a summary of chapter 5 in the book How to Enjoy God and How to Practice the Enjoyment of God. It's a very long title. It's a green book sharing from 1958. How to Enjoy God and How to Practice the Enjoyment of God. And in chapters 5 and 12 these points appear. But this is more chapter 5. So Uh, if you want to do more study or get into this more, you have that that reference. Our concern, saints, our concern is that uh, concerning the quality of the time that we spend with the Lord. I think every believer agrees that it's good to spend personal time with God. Every believer, every believer would agree with that. It's good to spend personal time with God. And the example in the Bible, all the seekers of the Lord, you can find so many, they spent personal time with God. And even the Lord Jesus himself, can you imagine? He spent personal time with the Father. I really like Mark chapter, Mark 1. In Mark 1, he gets up very early and he disappears from the brother's. And it says, I think it's in around verse 35 or so, they didn't know where he was. They had to hunt for him. And because he was in a private place. A private place. So even the Lord Jesus himself, he was not on the earth in his ministry all the time. People, 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 helping, helping, helping. Yes, a great part was that, ministering. But he would spend times with the Father to just have personal fellowship. Then, then he said things like, the son only does what he sees the father doing. I do nothing from myself, but only what I see the father doing. But that's a ex- pattern for us. How can we live our life and even serve and just be a proper parent or a proper child or a proper student or a proper worker and be one with the Lord uh, and, and and let the Lord live through us in normal living if we don't spend time personally with the lord to be infused by him we need to spend time with the lord and um in in uh in our history in the lord's recovery uh 1984 is a, actually a landmark year 1984 uh in that year uh our dear brother, uh, brother 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 lee brother witness lee he he completed the uh life study uh, of the New Testament, uh, and he was going to give the final training at the end of the year in the Book of Acts. That was in the winter. But he p- finished, and, and his co-workers finished the recovery version, the notes, and he finished all the outlines. And then in October of that year, he uh, went to Taipei. And he told us that he wanted to, his observation or analysis was that the churches had, even on the whole globe, had come into a state of dormancy. And there had been years of freshness, but somehow the general condition was stagnation. And he felt the responsibility to go back and to study the whole Bible, uh, especially the New Testament. What is the Christian way to meet and to serve? And so he conducted a kind of five-year study, and he felt he could do it there in Taiwan with the brothers there, and then released to the... To the rest of us, everywhere, what he found, and um, I'm not sure that everyone kind of connects this, but it was during that period of time that uh, the, uh, Living Stream Ministry first came out with the publication, the Holy Word for Morning Revival. And if you, if does anyone have one with them, uh, one of those, one of those books, Holy Holy Word. Oh, may I use that? Yeah. You know this 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 publication, and I I, I use it as well, um, is structured this way that it has you know it covers the messages that are released in our big conferences, and there's per week there's uh, an outline, and then after which which pay attention to the outline, saints please pay attention to the outline. Uh, then there's day one, and there's verses there, and there's verses related to the. Outline. And in the outline, it tells you what section. Sometimes it's hard to figure out, what does this verse have to do with the outline? And so, but don't do that in your morning time. Don't be figuring that in your morning time. That'll just bring you down. Don't think about that. Just enjoy the verses. Don't worry how anything fits in the morning. In the morning, just eat. Enjoy. Absorb. Okay. And then there's this gray portion here. Gray portion. And then there's the rest of it. And and then there's a little part down here for enlightenment and inspiration. And then at the end, at the end, although there are only six days, and I wonder, do people have morning revival on the Lord's Day? Um, so then, then, what verses do you use? Anyway, then on the last day there's a hymn, and, and, and the, the hymn is not for the last day. The hymn actually, not just so that we can sing it on the Lord's Day meeting, but it's, maybe you can flip to it on Monday and start enjoying the hymn. But then there's this part so that you can what? Composition for prophecy with main point and sub points. Yeah. How many people actually do that? I'm not asking. Don't raise your hand. Or, But I kind of I have my doubts how, how, how many people do this. But my point is this. There's a, in this book shows you there's a connection between morning revival and the Lord's Day morning meeting. Yes. Do you get that? Yes. So, this composition of prophecy is hopefully what you would share in the Lord's Day. Don't read it. Speak it. So that you could share something and, and thereby, thereby, some people say, oh, we don't have a message on the Lord's Day. No, don't don't say that. Don't say that. We don't have a message given by one person on the Lord's Day. Today's different. This is a conference meeting. But generally we don't have given by one person. We have we have a message given by twelve persons or fifteen or twenty people. Right? And that's that's kind of the the point of bringing every saint into their function. That's that's really the crux of the God ordained way. The, the the organic function of every dear sister and brother can, can be activated. Right? Okay, so this shows you there's a connection between the Lord's Day meeting and morning revival. Okay, so if that's so, if that's so, then I really wonder what the saints are doing in morning revival. How is your morning revival? And rather, I would broaden it. Because I don't, I don't want to get caught up with terms. I still, sorry, I still like the term morning watch. Please don't condemn me for liking the term morning watch. Morning watch. And when I was in the Brethren denomination, we didn't have either of these phrases. We called it devotionals. Or personal time. And my point is just this. I don't care what you call it, as long as you do it. And when you do it, it should be quality. Quality. So, but I do know that some saints, they think it's pray read the verses and read this thing. Did it. But, saints, at the most, if you're going to read, just read the gray part. This other part is for later. Don't detract mentally, from the verses. We should really focus our time in enjoying the Lord in the verses. And I know some saints have formed a kind of a way, which includes the reading, and I feel it really detracts. It detracts from what? It detracts from allowing the Lord the time to speak to you to meet you to comfort you to enlighten you you know th- three great benefits of spending personal time with the lord the first is the personal enlightenment the personal enlightenment the lord shines on us and and we see ourselves we see wow i'm proud I'm really proud. Or oh I always have that attitude when I speak with my wife. When she brings it up, you say, I don't have that attitude. <laughs> Says, No, you always have that. I, say, I never have that attitude. <laughs> but when you're with the Lord and He shines through a verse that has nothing to do with attitude. And as you're maybe re- prayer reading, in the beginning was the word. Oh, in the beginning was the word, Lord, Lord. I want, I want the word to be the beginning of everything, Lord. Of every contact, of every transaction, of every email, of every text, be the beginning of my service. And then a light just comes. About your your conversation yesterday with your wife. It just comes out of... And you say, Oh Lord, you were not the beginning. And you surely were not the end. I I was the beginning and I was the end. That was the problem. Please forgive me. And when the Lord shines, you have nothing to say except to go, dear, please forgive me for yesterday and for my attitude, I I see. That can only be the Lord shining. Even if other brothers see that, oh, if you keep this going this way, you're going to have problems, brother. But, oh, it's risky to go to a brother and tell him. Brother, you know, I noticed in your relationship with your wife, that's a risky thing. That's a risky thing. And you're better? That just rises in us. And then they're going to be watching you. Let me see how you are. So it's better not to do that. But when you're with the Lord, and he shines, healing can come. Light, you know, light has many functions. Light enlightens for our way. Light warms. Light also heals when it's very concentrated, like a laser. (laughs) So, I have found only those times with the Lord, if they're adequate, can the Lord shine and perform the spiritual surgery? If not saints, sorry, I've seen some saints, 20 years they never change. 20 years they never change. Still serving, still zealous, but oh, their opinions are so strong And they're the only one that doesn't see it. Everyone else, everyone else in the service group, everyone else in the small group, it's just too clear. But, but they, 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 they don't see it. And, and we can't, we're not here to judge each other. No one's a judge. We all have our things. But how can we be released? Not just exposed, but released. It's in the personal times and I find that many saints have morning revival but they don't have what I just described I'd like you to have what I just described <clears throat> to give the Lord time the Lord needs time to do that he needs time a little a few more minutes I'm not saying spend two hours every morning a few more minutes and the Lord is gracious actually. He knows what we can handle. Pretty much we can handle one thing at a time. So he'll shine on one area. He'll shine on one area. He may shine on your tone with your children. Your tone. You know, I, I, throughout the years, these days, actually, I, I don't spend that much time speaking directly to young people. I mean, you know, yesterday is a special thing. But in years past, I I used to give conferences all the time, young people, spending time with young people. Then I realized, wow, I have a lot more grace for every young person on the planet than I do for my three kids. Like, oh, I can forgive, I love them, I have hope in them. (laughs) Parents come, oh, oh, my... My little Tommy doesn't love the Lord. I said, "Don't worry about it. Just love him." And there's hope. Come on, it's okay. And then my son comes home. Oh Lord Jesus. And that's how we are. But the Lord, the Lord, shined on that, long time ago. Long time ago. So I, I was—I gave a little testimony yesterday to some of the serving saints. I still remember my my one of my daughters asked my son in front of—we were having dinner, the family's having dinner—and he was finishing college, and she asked him, she asked him, "Hey, are you thinking of going to the training?" And, and he went like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting across from him, and I'm—it's not a bother. My son. Love him. Years before, I would have, oh, Jesus. But in that conversation, eh, just wait and see. Two years later, he's in the training. He served the Lord full time. Eight years. Every day of that full time is a miracle. To me. Tade, you know. You, well, Tade, you're a miracle. <laughs> you know. I mean, Tade and he are buddies. So we were like, oh, yeah, the, the parents, oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. But, amen. Where's Vicki? Where's Vicki? Vicki, pra- praise the Lord, Vicki. You got him after all that. Yeah, you got him after all that. But the Lord's going to bless you with a boy, that's going to make you. Oh, Lord Jesus, Jesus! Sorry, sorry. But how can be we? How can we be released from the anxiety, the judgment, the hopelessness? It's before the Lord. The Lord shined, and I realized, why am I different with them? Don't be different with them. They have the seed of life in them. And even if they didn't, they're my kids, I love them. So it doesn't matter, nothing matters. So everything changed. Family life has been a dream. Wonderful. So that's in those times. So personal enlightenment. The second benefit is personal comfort. We all go through things. We all go through things. Human life you cannot avoid. There are problems. There are difficulties. There are challenges. Even now, there's something I and my family are facing. When when I let the guard down, but I, you know, I have something to do. Got to put that aside. How do you get the comfort that no one else can give you? You go to the brothers now. That very often, we do get the comfort from the saints. Very often, we should avail ourselves of the body. But before even going to the body, we should go to the Lord. But also, there are times when we go to someone, and mm, they don't quite enter into our feeling. Did you ever experience that? Even you go, brother. Da, da, da. And they, oh, yeah, just. Da-da-da-da-da. And you leave, like, mm, yeah. I don't think he understands. I appreciate the fellowship and the time, but it didn't quite meet the need. But it says concerning the Lord Jesus in Isaiah 50 that he knows how to console the weary with a word, with one word. Don't you want to learn how to do that? It'd be nice to do that. How? Where do you get that word? Here with the Lord. When you learn how to unload. Annie, get ready. I need you over there. Oh, Rachel's back. Wow, these sisters are really good. Rachel's back. We're going to two five five, but not not right away. Personal comfort. The third great benefit of the personal fellowship is that here we learn how to follow the anointing. This is where we practice to follow the anointing. You know, in human life you will come to situations where you must know the anointing. All the young people, you get you're gonna to grow to a stage. Uh, you're going to fall in love. And then, uh, but is this the person for you? Is that the person for you? You better know God's will. You better be sure that the, I have the peace. You sure? Because it's risky. It's risky if you mistake that peace for a love that is just from the soul. And you're just crazy in love. And, and you're not really sure that that's the Lord's leading for you. And sometimes you know it's not the Lord's leading for you, but that voice somehow you're able to put us, and because, and then you have a false peace. How can you know the Lord's real anointing? You learn it here. You learn it this way. That, that you wake up in the morning, and you just start praying. Oh Lord, I, I love you. Oh Lord Jesus, I need you. Oh Lord Jesus, I breathe you in. Oh, and then you you think of Him two five five. You don't even know it's Him two five five, but oh Lord, breathe Thy Spirit. You just thought of it, so you pray it or you sing it. It comes to your mind. It's not just that it comes to your mind. The Spirit brought it to your mind. And how many of you ever woke up with a song in your heart already? I think all of us at one time or another. Just a tune. Maybe it was from the night before. Maybe it's from a month before. Maybe you were listening to a CD. But a song comes. And then you, you follow that anointing. You follow that anointing. Oh, Lord... Breathe thy spirit on me. Teach me how to breathe. Maybe you're singing. Oh, Lord, breathe thy spirit on me. Teach me how to breathe thee in. Help me pour into thy bosom all my life of self and sin. I am breathing out my sorrow. And right there. You have a feeling, Lord, remember this. Remember this situation. And you're, you're not boxed in to finish singing the verse. Surely not boxed in to finish singing the whole hymn. You're not even boxed in to finish singing the word. You turn it to prayer. Because there's anointing. Help me pour into thy bosom. What is it? No, sorry. Breathing out my soul. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I give this to you. I give this to you, Lord. Because if you don't discharge that burden, the Lord cannot flood in today. And that's the first point on the outline. Real prayer is nothing but waiting on God and breathing in God. Breathing God is to absorb God. So our time with the Lord, our prayer, our contact with Him must be a breathing. But breathing has two parts. And really, you need to breathe out first so that you can breathe in. You need to exhale. You need to unload so that you can receive. And that's true physically, more true spiritually. And I feel, saints, the lack of effectiveness of our personal time with the Lord, a great factor, not the only, but a great factor is we haven't breathed out the things that are clogging us, occupying us, anxieties, concerns. And at every level, when you're junior high, you have certain anxieties and concerns. When you're in high school, there are others. I talked to some of the high schoolers yesterday, juniors, seniors, thinking about what's next. As the time approaches, the anxiety grows. Then when you're Finishing university. Oh, about the job and going through. There was a brother we were talking to the other night. I think he starts work tomorrow. New job tomorrow. I don't know what he's thinking about right now. Actually, I shouldn't have said it because now he'll be anxious. He was fine. I'm sorry, brother. He was fine. I blew it. Sorry about that. But imagine, I imagine his morning revival tomorrow morning. Can you imagine that morning revival tomorrow morning? Oh Lord Jesus. Oh, I wonder what office I'm going to have. Oh Lord, I wonder what my coworkers are like. Oh Lord Jesus. I hope the cafeteria is good. <laughs> that never happens to you? Oh Lord Jesus. Ah, <gasps> oh, forgot to call Scott. Oh, he's going to be upset. Maybe I'll text him right now. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, maybe I will. You text. You were going to get 10 minutes to the Lord. Seven are gone. Just by that one. <gasps> okay, be honest. How many of you have ever experienced something like that? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saints, it, I like to ask because it's very refreshing to me that I'm not the only one. Because for years I did think I was the only one. I didn't know. Then, by having fellowship, I realized nearly everyone is this way. The mind. The mind. Let's sing verse 1, maybe verse 2. 255. Five, 255. Five. <clears throat> Just a little bit slower. Oh Lord, breathe thy spirit on me. Teach me how to breathe thee in. Help me pour into thy bosom all my life of self and sin. I am breathing out my sorrow breathing out my sin I am breathing 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 all thy fullness in I am breathing out my own life that I may be filled with thine letting go my strength and will. Breathing in divine, I am breathing out my sorrow, breathing out my sin. I am breathing, breathing, breathing. Verse four. Verse four. I am breathing out my sorrow. Breathing out my sorrow on thy kind and gentle breast. If I were alone, I couldn't get past that line. Here we're singing together. You don't say, wait, wait, I want to pray. But when you're alone, you can stop and just weep. And that is an unloading. When was the last time you wept in front of the Lord? To discharge, to unclog, to make room. And then I tell you, one word, one verse will supply you the whole day when you're unclogged. So the, I hope the hymns can be a help. You sing a a hymn, don't be bound. I tell you, saints, on a number of occasions in my life, in the last 40 years, this hymn took me about a week to complete. One, 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 one stanza was enough for the day. And then the next day, I picked up the second stanza. It was very interesting. Then you try to go the third day and try to make it good. It is no, there's no anointing there. Because then I just made a religion of what was so good. You, you, can't, you follow the anointing. Don't lead. Let him lead. And if he's still there, then you stay there. But if he's not there, just pray. Just enjoy. Go to another song. Or no song. Or go to the verses. And as you're in the verses... Personalize phrase by phrase. Personalize. What I mean is, as I was demonstrating before, in the beginning was the Word. As soon as possible, have a sentence that has the Word you or me in it. Lord, you are in the beginning. Lord, I want you to be the beginning. I want you as the Word to be the beginning of my day. I want you as the beginning of my contact of this and that. Lord, Lord, forgive me. I was the beginning of that joke yesterday. I was the beginning. Lord, I want you but but Lord, you were the beginning yesterday. What happened? You were the beginning. I had a good time with you yesterday. But Lord, you were not my omega. You know, Omega, this verse doesn't say Omega, John 1, one. No, Omega. Omega's in the book of Revelation. Don't worry about it. Don't say, oh, oh, Lord Jesus, let me get back to, it. let me finish the verse. No, the goal is not to finish the verse. The goal is, actually, the next point, to appear before God. In order to breathe in God through prayer, we must appear before God. Psalm 42, 1 and 2, it's printed there, let's read together. As? The heart pants. Do you have the realization that to have personal time with the Lord is to have personal time with the Lord and not personal time with this book? It's personal time with the Lord. I'm coming to appear before God. Have you said, Morning, God. Here I am. Just as bad as yesterday. But at least I'm here. I'm here, Lord. Oh, I need you. Lord, I need you. I love you. I'm here before you. I made it. Praise the Lord, I made it. To here to be with you. And it's a person. It's not just a practice. That's the point. It's before person. That realization could help us very much. Point one, when we pray, we close our eyes not only, and of course, closing our eyes is not a requirement. When the Lord Jesus prayed, he lifted up his eyes. But we, often, if we open our eyes, we get distracted. You know, I I travel quite a bit, so I end up in many different homes. All very lovely. I'm trying to have time with the Lord. It's very interesting. I arrive on one day, I spend the rest of the day, then I go to sleep. Have some meetings or something. I wake up the next morning. Now I'm trying to have time with the Lord. Oh Lord Jesus, I love you. Oh, didn't notice that before. It's a cobweb, <laughs> a little cobweb in the corner here. Why didn't I notice that yesterday? I spent I spent six hours in the room yesterday, resting. Never noticed. But now I'm trying to have time with the Lord. Oh Lord Jesus. Oh, look at that picture. I wonder, is this their father, grandfather? Hmm that never happened to you right why now why did that not interest me yesterday I didn't even notice there was a picture frame there but right now oh Lord Jesus because we have found that the most troubling thing from my research I've been researching this for 30 years the most troubling thing, everywhere, any age, is the undisciplined mind. Stray thoughts. The thoughts just come. And and it's it's, oh Lord Jesus, oh oh I'm out of diapers. Moms, don't you think that? Oh Lord Jesus, <gasps> I'm out of diapers. Where do diapers come from? That's a fiery dart. just comes. Actually, I tell the saints, if you forget something, go pray. (laughs) Satan might remind you of what you forgot when you pray. So just go pray and spend time with the Lord. Oh, thanks. And then... (laughs) Because all the things come. Legitimate things and illegitimate things and sometimes dirty things defiling things things of yesterday things of today later today things of tomorrow i find that one of the worst days is a travel day i'm traveling tomorrow because in you know you're going to catch a plane sometime during are you ready it's oh lord jesus did i pack my toothbrush Oh, amen, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, I love you. Oh, oh, got to bring that book. Where is that book? Yeah, I wonder where that book is. And you had had put apart 15 minutes, eight minutes gone. Then, no wonder, when the saints come on the Lord's Day, I've never been in a Lord's Day meeting here, so don't take anything personally. I can speak for my place. No wonder sometimes the meetings are not that rich. Because the saints don't have that much to say. And if they do, there's not the freshness and vibrancy. It's like last minute cooking from a message. It's not what they received in their times with the Lord. Because the times with the Lord are not that normal. So, if... If this is true, that our meetings are hooked to, connected with our morning times with the Lord, then the meetings are a gauge of our morning times with the Lord. And if they are, then I think we're below the standard. And we, we need to pursue the, in, the improvement of the quality of our times before the Lord. And one big part is control your mind bring the mind set the mind on the spirit. Yeah. But we do that the thing is it becomes unset like right away. Rachel 719 719 let's let's look at that. And the point here in this in this A1 when we pray we close our eyes closing your eyes is is one way to shut things out. The problem is that when you close your eyes, either you get sleepy or the mind gets louder. So you have to decide for yourself, is it wise to close your eyes or not? But the point is you have to shut off the distractions. And in some ministry, Brother Lee makes this emphasis, uh, the place you pray is important. It should be a place where you're comfortable and distraction-free. At the end of this outline, we won't get to emphasize that much, it talks about a set time. It's the example of the Bible. But a set place is just as important, that you have a set place and a set time. I tell you, if you build up the habit of a set time and a set place, Nearly you just walk into that room and we're already in the Holy of Holies. After two, three weeks. That place just your your mind wanders less there. It really counts to have a set place. It really counts. Hymn seven nineteen. Let's let's uh let's sing uh maybe just verse one and verse two. I don't know how familiar we all are. Please go. Rachel? Much slower. <laughs> I is
0: oh, yes. perfect peace.
1: traitor stand? What's the difference between a foe and a traitor? The foe is an enemy outside. A traitor is an enemy inside. We have both. We have the enemy Satan outside. We have our thoughts inside. This sister really had some experience. Francis, Francis Havergal wrote this. We have a number of hymns by her in our hymn book. Then, look at these lines. Not a surge of worry. Not a surge. Have you ever had a surge of worry as you're praying with the Lord? Oh, Lord. (gasps) I forgot. Listen to this. We don't think this in these phrases, but she experienced this and put it in poetic form. But it's exactly that, a surge of worry, not a shade of care. A surge and a shade, that's much different. You know, the shade travels very slowly. And we could be with the Lord and, and over us comes a concern. Concern for someone, and and that's a situation. It's still there. You woke up, it's still there. When is it going to be over? And the concern is there for loved ones. And and it's easy to your your sentiment is affected. And so your time with the Lord started here. By the end of your time with the Lord, you're depressed because the shade of care. Came over you, and you were not able to un- to reset your mind on the spirit. It was too strong. Not a blast of hurry. How about that? How about, oh Lord Jesus? <gasps> oh, and you realize the time, and you just you went longer than you expected, and didn't even say bye, Lord. Like if we, we would do that to one another. You know, I'd be like, yeah, da- oh, sorry, Dan. I, sorry, i got to go. I'll call you. But the Lord, we're just, amen. Oh! <laughs> not realizing. There's a person there. Of course he goes with us. But the attitude is broken. The, the whole scene is broken by the hurry. We have somewhere to be. There's not the attitude... That's actually, we won't have time to cover point J on the back. Allowing God to finish his speaking. This is from, we get this from Genesis 18. The example of Abraham. Where he waits, he actually waits for God to leave. Who leaves your personal time first? You or God? That's what this is about. But again, all these points are related to our mind. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 11. 2 Corinthians 2.11. Let's read. That we not be we are not of his schemes. This word schemes, the root of this word schemes, is the word thought. Or even mind. You could translate it. So you could translate this verse for we are not ignorant of his thoughts. Who's his thoughts? His thoughts is Satan's thoughts. That that worry, that thought, that, oh Lord, oh, I have a dentist appointment. Oh, parking is so rough. That is Satan's thought. What we have to learn is, stop, 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 stop. Later. Amen, Lord. Don't repent for that thought. Because that's not your thought. Don't waste time repenting. Don't, don't use the blood there. Just return, keep going. That's his thought. Sometimes, I, I'm not saying this is the way, but sometimes, I even would say out loud, stop it. Stop it. Sometimes I would say, not today. Not today. You got me on that one last week, but not today. Or Jesus. And then you just keep enjoying. Chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Verses 3, 4, and 5. For though we walk in flesh, we do not war according to flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful before God for the overthrowing of strongholds. You get the picture here. It's a battle. War going on. Five, together. As we overthrow reasonings, we need to practice to take captive the thoughts. Because they're not our thoughts. Take captive. That's what it means to set the mind on the spirit. And then when, when the mind becomes unset because of the, the temptation of the enemy, we take captive. No, we're in control by the spirit. Our spirit actually is becoming stronger by this kind of exercise. Then we can carry on with the purpose of our time with the Lord, which is summarized in point C. Here, one back to the outline. Sorry, when we come before God in prayer, we must learn to stop our speaking, cut off our words, and simply turn to our spirit to appear before Him, touch Him, behold Him in silence, and gaze upon Him. Let's read the verse together, Psalm twenty-seven, four. One thing. Amen. Saints, this summarizes the goal, the purpose of our time with the Lord. One thing. One thing. And, Saints, the one thing is not this. The one thing is not to get inspiration for the Lord's Day. You know, I, I give you this testimony. There, there have been at least two or three times when I, I had to actually turn away from using this help. Because it was it was a connection with the Lord's Day, and and so and so I would pray a verse, you know, I pray reading what what is this one? Recovery of the Church. Okay, so I think week uh, where's the one on on the oneness. Psalm thirty three. Message. Mission of the Church. Okay, Okay. let's use, just use this one, the body, number 7, chapter 7, the body. So, so, you're, okay, one body and one spirit, as even you were called in one hope of your calling. And you're praying, amen. Oh, one hope of your calling, amen. Oh, Lord, in your body we have hope. And you think, oh, in the body there's hope. Oh, that'd be good to share on the Lord's day. And then you kind of start developing your prophecy. Did that ever happen to you? You just start just just for a minute or two. You just start to develop. Maybe I could say this. There's hope in the body. That's why the meetings. You must be in the meetings. If you're not in the meetings, there's no hope. There's that, that's, you lose your hope. So say, yeah, and then you start thinking, oh, I could share. It. And it's really good, but it's not what you're supposed to be doing now you should leave that tonight you should do that at lunchtime you should do that on your way to work so so because of that it was happening too much i thought you know what i'm just going to pray read john verse by verse for a period of time for a week or two just to get out of that mode and say lord i'm here i am again just you and me i don't care about the lord's day i don't care about prophesying i don't care about the meeting i don't care about any i don't care about being ready you know, you should care about being ready, but not there. Lord, I just love you. I just want you. So I had to do that to, to reprogram myself. Anything can be a distraction. Anything. One last verse. Well, maybe two in Isaiah. Isaiah 26.3. Isaiah 26.3. This this verse is the basis for the hymn that we just sang. 7.19. The recovery version says, You will keep the steadfast of mind in perfect peace because he trusts in you. I learned this from the King James Version, which says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Perfect peace. And this verse talks about the mind and peace. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. This is the sister verse to Romans 8. When the mind is set on the spirit, there's life and peace. But, but you know, this, this, this phrase, perfect peace, in the Hebrew, I don't believe this word perfect, Appears, you know. I have I have this this version, the without the notes, and there's a marginal reference here. Marginal reference. I think the NIV also has this same marginal reference. Um, Perfect peace in Hebrew is, you will keep him in peace, peace. You will keep him in peace, comma, peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Double peace. Deep peace. Real peace. In our times with the Lord, there should be peace. Not a lot of activity. Not a lot of asking for things. Just peace. Just peace. In that peace, the Lord can operate the Lord can speak. The Lord can do a lot. The Lord can restore. Now the last verse, chapter 30. Isaiah 30, verse 15. Together. You were not willing. Brother Nee has a wonderful article on this, called "In Rest Shall Be Your Strength." In rest shall be your strength. Oh saints, I hope we could experience this in returning. And rest, you'll be saved. Can we rest in front of the Lord? Can be? Can we be quiet in front of the Lord? Mainly, what we're saying is because there, there's some verses that talk about being silent. We didn't we didn't read them. Being silent, and we don't mean be absolutely silent, say nothing, because if you are, it's very possible the mind runs or you gets fall asleep. So you can call the Lord, you can sing, but what needs to be calm is your soul. We need to quiet our soul, calm down our soul, especially calm down our mind when we're having the fellowship with, with, with the Lord. And in returning and rest we'll be saved, in quietness and trust will be your strength. Then we'll be strengthened to serve, we'll be strengthened to be the father or the mother we should be, or the grandfather or the grandmother, employee, the student, the serving one will have the strength. but the strength is here, Saints. The strength is here. You, you could say, you know we had, we had uh, the training on Ezekiel. Last year we spent a lot of time in the book of Ezekiel. and in Ezekiel one you have this picture of the great wheel, which is the, the, the wheel of God's economy on the earth. And we say Christ is the, Christ is the center, right? Christ is the center and then his move. is the circumference, you could say this way, not just Christ, but our personal fellowship with the Lord is really the center. And if we don't have this and the things I described, how can the Lord move in your life, in your family, much less on the whole earth? So anyway, may the Lord guide us all and shepherd us, shepherd us on in this development of our personal time.